Welcome to The Daily Bite. I am your host, Pastor Steve Andrews, and we have a very beneficial text uh, pointing us to Jesus today from Deuteronomy chapter 25. If there is a dispute between men and they come into court and the judges decide between them, acquitting the innocent and condemning the guilty, then if the guilty man deserves to be beaten, the judge shall cause him to lie down and be beaten in his presence with a number of stripes in proportion to his offense. Forty stripes may be given him, but not more, lest if one should go on to beat him with more stripes than these, your brother be degraded in your sight. You shall not muzzle an ox when it is treading out the grain. If brothers dwell together and one of them dies and has no son, the wife of the dead man shall not be married outside the family to a stranger. Her husband's brother shall go into her, and take her as his wife, and perform the duties of a husband's brother to her. And the first son whom she bears shall succeed to the name of his dead brother, that his name may not be blotted out of Israel. And if the man does not wish to take his brother's wife, then his brother's wife shall go up to the gate to the elders and say, My husband's brother refuses to perpetuate his brother's name in Israel. He will not perform the duty of a husband's brother to me. Then the elders of his city shall call him and speak to him, and if he persists, saying, I do not wish to take her, then his brother's wife shall go up to him in the presence of the elders, and pull off his sandal off his foot and spit in his face. And she shall, she shall answer and say, So shall it be done to the man who does not build up his brother's house. And the name of his house shall be called in Israel, the house of him who had his sandal pulled off. When men fight with one another, and the wife of the one draws near to rescue her husband from the hand of him who is beating him, and puts out her hand and seizes him by the private parts, then you shall cut off her hand. Your eye shall have no pity. You shall not have in your bag two kinds of weights, a large and a small. You shall not have in your house two kinds of measures, a large and a small. A full and fair weight you shall have, a full and fair measure you shall have, that your days may be long in the land that Yahweh your God is giving you. For all who do such things, all who act dishonestly, are an abomination to Yahweh your God. Remember what Amalek did to you on the way as you came out of Egypt, how he attacked you on the way when you were faint and weary, and cut off your tail, those who were lagging behind you, and he did not fear God. Therefore, when Yahweh your God has given you rest from all your enemies around you, in the land that Yahweh your God is giving you for an inheritance to possess, you shall blot out the memory of Amalek from under heaven, and you shall not forget. This is the word of the Lord. In our text today, we continue to see the laws God is laying out. They're many and they're various for when his people get to enter the promised land and be a nation under God's direct direction and command. These are his laws for them. And so they seem odd sometimes. They seem set apart. They seem to be all over the place, quite honestly. But he's he's laying out a legal code for his people and what should be done. And as we've talked about in previous mornings, uh, the idea here of con concern for your neighbor, loving your neighbor, continues to show up uh, today, even more specifically, not degrading your neighbor. We would talk in our commandments, you know, eighth commandment kind of thing, perhaps not um, not causing your neighbor's reputation to see harm. 
So at the start, that opening paragraph is a conversation around punishment and the 40 stripes idea is picked up in the New Testament. 2 Corinthians 11, verse 24, we learn that Paul endured this punishment at the hand of the Jewish leaders. Uh, he received 40 lashes, less one, so 39. Not sure if that was an act of mercy that they thought that they were giving there, or if it was simply the acknowledgement that it was one below the max. So if there was a crime that he committed that could have been worse, they still had room to, to bump it up a little bit. Now, the other connection we have here with this, this beating would be to the, the case of Christ before Pontius Pilate. Now, Pilate is a Roman official. He's not a Jewish official. So his punishment is not in line with this Old Testament law that we just read. But nonetheless, he punishes Jesus with a lashing, um, number unknown, but he hasn't, has him beaten this way, probably more intensely as the Romans were well known for using something called a cat of nine tails, where the lash actually had shards of metal and broken things on the edges, uh, at the ends of the, the ends of the whip to cause more, more harm. Pilate has Jesus beaten that way and then returns to the people seeking to set him free. He thought this should be enough uh, to appease the Jews, and it wasn't. They demanded his crucifixion, which was the other extreme punishment that the Romans would give to people as well. Uh, so Jesus received both of Rome's extreme punishments, and he did so for us. And then verse 4 gets picked up in the New Testament as well. The simple point is, you know, you don't, you take care of your animal here. Your ox is helping you, uh, so let it grace. Let it eat some food. That's okay. It needs to be cared for as well. Paul in the New Testament twice will use this to talk about the man who preaches the gospel to you. Whoever it is that is bringing you God's good news, feed him. Um, this is 1 Corinthians 9, 9 and 1 Timothy 5, 18. The next section on leveret marriage, it's called this idea that you would marry uh, your brother's wife, if something happens to your brother, so that you can continue his family tree, his household, the first son born to this woman uh, by you would be uh, considered your brother's. He would have your brother's name. That way, the inheritance of your brother's family would continue on in God's people. The Sadducees asked Jesus about this kind of an idea in Matthew chapter 22. Uh, they talk about the situation of a, it's it's hypothetical, but a man who had a woman who ended up married to seven brothers, they were asking whose wife she would be in the resurrection. In chapter 38 of Genesis, which is before this law comes into play, we actually see this with the sons of Judah. That becomes a big deal. Um, a lot of sin happened in that, that account. The degrading nature is here again, as it was at the start of the chapter. And the, for this part, the degrading nature is going to stop this from occurring. So the, the woman spitting in your face, taking off your sandal, and your name now getting this, your, your, your family name now being called the house of him who had his sandal pulled off. This is shaming, and it's meant to prevent this type of behavior from occurring. And you don't want to be shamed. You don't want shame brought on your family, and so you're going to do what God has has put in place for you to do in order to care for the community as a whole. A couple of miscellaneous laws again. Um, in the last section of the text, the miscellaneous laws subtitle, 
The wife could aid her husband in the fight, but she could not do so to the point of harming her neighbor and preventing him from having children. So we've been talking about children in the last section. That's the tie-in to this one as well. To be able to have children pass on your inheritance to the next generation is again and again lifted up among God's people. There is a very important aspect to that, something that they're not to forget. The inheritance is to be passed on. And thankfully, as Christians, as part of God's family, we know the inheritance that is lasting and enduring is passed on to us. There's a conversation about trading fairly, that you don't want to cheat one another. And then lastly, we have the, the account, the reminder of Amalek from Exodus chapter 17. As the Israelites had, had fled from Egypt, God had set them free. Uh, the Amalekites weren't kind to them and attacked them. So God is reminding that he wants the memory of Amalek blotted out from under heaven. Because they have sinned against God, they have sinned against his people. Good connection here for us, though, to ourselves. To blot something out. Probably, you know, we, we would talk about an ink blot here. Um, we think of something written in a book, blotted out. Our ink doesn't really work very well coming out of our pens today. So maybe thinking of whiteout um, or, or even paint, just taking a paintbrush and yes smothering over what was written before so you can't see it anymore. Amalek's name being blotted out from under heaven, but we deserve this in our sins. We learn that in Exodus 32 as God says, whoever has sinned against me, I will blot out of my book. Now the question, does God blot us out? That's a great question to ask to your children. Has God, because of our sins, removed our names from the book of life? We know the scriptures talk about a book of life that has the name of all of those who believe, all of the faithful who will be in paradise someday. Does our sin remove us? Are we blotted out? Give your children a chance to answer that question, but then here's a few scripture references for you. Psalm 51 David prays about this twice. In verse 1, according to your abundant mercy, blot out my transgressions. And in verse 9, hide your face from my sins and blot out all my iniquities. And then we read in Isaiah 43, verse 25, God says, I, I am he who blots out your transgressions for my own sake, and I will not remember your sins. There's a beautiful line connected to the absolution for us um, as we talk about our sins being forgiven in corporate worship. We hear the line from our pastor, Almighty God, and his mercy has given his son to die for you and for his sake forgives you of all your sins. For his sake. If God does not forgive us, Christ's sacrifice means nothing. For his sake, for my own sake, uh, in the Isaiah text, our sins are being forgiven in order that Christ's sacrifice actually means what it was supposed to mean. Um, God will not go back on his word because he's even given his own life for it. A wonderful thing indeed. And then Isaiah 44, 22, I have blotted out your transgressions like a cloud and your sins like mist. Return to me, for I have redeemed you. A wonderful gospel message for us to always keep in our hearts. 
Amen. Amen.